Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, today, we're going to talk about Shikari Richardson. Uh, Shikari Richardson is the track star who has been banned from competition in the Olympics over uh, something that has, has to do with smoking a little weed, apparently. And uh, I'm going to break this down for you and analyze this and uh, also talk to you guys about a survey we did on Shikari Richardson. And uh, the results are interesting. So buckle up your seatbelt, get comfortable. Hit the thumbs up button right now. We're going to get started on DrBoyceTV.com right now. Here we are, claiming the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to code sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, on this platform, we like for you to be black and intelligent. And if you're not black and intelligent, you may want to get the fuck out. This is not the place for you. Uh, this is where we have no-nonsense conversations about all kinds of things that are happening in the black community. Um, you guys know sometimes we talk about economics, but we also got to talk about life. We got to talk about being black in America and being black around the world. Uh, shout out to all of you who are all over the U.S. and all over the world, uh, because I know that we have support from uh, people on every corner of the planet. Uh, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Uh, put your hashtag B1 in the chat. <clears throat> hashtag B1 means we put our community first. Uh, we must prioritize ourselves if we're ever going to elevate ourselves. If we do not prioritize ourselves, then we cannot elevate. So you must make sure that you solve your own problems before you go solving everybody else's problems. If you agree, please put a hashtag B in the number one in the chat. Uh, B Claude says, how are you doing today, brother, on this Saturday? I'm doing great, man. I just got back from uh, my honeymoon, uh, the first leg of our honeymoon. I told you guys that <clears throat> um, I, last month, you guys know I married this beautiful black woman who happens to be a therapist and a full professor. Uh, shout out to all the intelligent black women out here. I, I have so much respect for you. And and uh, we decided we wanted to do a three-pronged honeymoon because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a simpy stepdaddy, I guess, apparently. People think that that's simping, but I love kids. I love children. I love youth. Um, and so uh, this is being a stepfather is an honor. We don't even use the word step in our household. I'm your damn daddy, period. I ain't, I ain't just step nothing. <laughs> so, uh, so my kids got two daddies, which means that they're going to be doubly protected. Uh, my beautiful daughters are doubly protected because I partner with their father to make excuse me, to make sure that these little girls are protected. Well, we decided we want to do our honeymoon uh, in three stages. We, we're going to do our, um, we, we I said, I'm going to do something by land, by air, and by sea. So uh, by air, we flew to Vegas. We spent the week in Vegas. And uh, by uh, land, we're going to do a, a cross-country drive. We're going to hop in the car and go across the country. Uh, by sea means we're going to get on a boat. And when we get on a boat, we're going to go somewhere cool. And, uh, and that'll be awesome. So anyway, uh, that's that's my life and that's what it is. But y'all didn't come here to hear all that. I just wanted to share all that because uh, I want to give a shout out to all the people that believe in black love and black family, because you cannot believe in black community and black people if you don't understand how important family is. 
which means that, you know, when you talk about your women, you better watch your mouth. Don't be out here talking crazy about your own damn women, because those are the women that you need in order to reproduce. Uh, and also your women who are talking crazy about black men. You need to get out of there with that nonsense, too. Uh, black men need to be supported and respected. So if you agree, then stay. If you don't agree, then please leave before I have to boot your monkey ass up out of here. So anyway, <clears throat> with that said, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Let's talk about Shikari Richardson, Shikari Richardson. I'm going to ask you guys a question um, that I asked on my Twitter. My Twitter is Dr. Boyce Watkins one. My Instagram is the real Boyce Watkins. All that's on my um, on the screen right now. Um, and uh, I was curious to see what people thought about Shikari Richardson. Uh, you, I assume you're aware she is um, a really fast uh, sprinter. She's super fast. Uh, now, you may not know this. I only mention it every now and then. But I used to be a track coach. Um, I was a track coach for a group called the West, uh, as an assistant coach, actually, for the West Side Track Club uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, where I'm from. And uh, and we coached a lot of kids that were from the quote unquote from the hood. And uh, and I loved it. Um, that was my other great stepdaddy opportunity because I got a chance to be a father figure uh, for those kids, because uh, a lot of the kids didn't have fathers, to be honest with you. And I hate that. I hate what the crack epidemic did to black people because we lost our fathers. Now we don't value them anymore. But I got a chance to step in that role and I, and I loved it. And uh, but I also have an appreciation of track and field. And so uh, I follow track very closely. I knew about Shikari Richardson two years ago. Um, I saw her uh, perform at LSU and the girl was dynamite. She reminds me of my daughter. My daughter, Carmen, uh, is not my biological daughter, but I adopted her. You know, it was like a hood adoption where I was like, look, I'm your damn daddy, period. I don't care what nobody says. So if you ask her, who is your father? She will say Boyce Watkins is my father. And that's all that matters to us. And so anyway, Carmen, uh, Shikari got my attention because Shikari reminds me of Carmen. Uh, I met Carmen when she was nine. Carmen was tiny. She was a little dynamo, like just like Shikari. She, you know, I could see her when I saw Shikari with the the, the, the colored hair and the long nails and, and all that. I said, oh, Lord, that, she reminds me so much of Carmen, uh, you know, and, and, and could run run like the wind. Carmen would, could run like the wind. A little tiny little girl would just blow away all the girls that were twice her height. Uh, we went to nationals together uh, 20 years ago. 20 years ago this summer, uh, I, I drove her to, to Virginia for uh, nationals. And uh, so I've known her since she's nine. Now she's um, 29. And uh, is it 29? Yeah, 29. And uh, she has two daughters and those are my grandkids. And so that's a little bit about my life and my story. And that's why I took an interest in Shikari Richardson because Shikari reminded me of my Carmen. I said, guys, this, this lady's going to kick it, kick butt. And I said this little girl, cause she's 21. And you know, when you get to be 49, 21 is like a kid, you know, and, um, and she's fast, she's super talented. And I was really looking forward to seeing her run up against uh, some of the really talented sprinters that are out here, particularly from Jamaica, Shelly Ann Frazier Price and a few others were really good. They, they were ready. I mean, the Jamaicans do not play. Uh, the Jamaicans are, have the best sprinters on the planet. So I can't, I always love seeing the Americans go up against the Jamaicans because it's always good. Well, you, you know, that Shikari was suspended for, uh, because they had THC, she had THC, THC in her system, which is, a, I guess, a byproduct from cannabis or it's one of the, I guess, cannabis has the THC and whatever the other part is that, that doesn't get you high. I can't remember what you have the THC and the, uh, I forgot what it is, but anyway, we use cannabis products. I put it on my legs and all that stuff, but I don't want to get high because I, I, I like to be alert. I like to be conscious of my surroundings. Uh, I've never been a fan of anything that alters my mind, to be honest with you. 
And, uh, but but I don't judge it though, right? Because we know that the world has come a long way when it comes to how we view weed, how we view cannabis, right? It's not what it used to be when we were younger. It was CBD. Thank you. CBD. Yeah. So I'll use the CBD, but I don't want the THC. I ain't trying to get high. I get high on life. I'm already weird enough. Imagine if I use drugs and alcohol too. I mean, I'd probably be a complete crazy person, but I'm, all, I'm only half crazy because uh, I always believe what, what Malcolm X used to say. Malcolm X used to say that the white man will sell you the liquor bottle and then he'll lock you up for being drunk. And that's why I've always, um, again, again, in contrast to what you see in the culture, um, I've always talked to black men specifically uh, and women as well about uh, being careful. You know, when you talk about anything that alters your mind, including liquor, uh, liquor, you know, it, we think it's OK. We think it's safe because everybody does it. But first of all, liquor is straight up poison. It really is. I, I'm not judging if you drink, believe me. Alicia drinks, right? I don't judge that at all. But liquor's poison. Uh, but second of all, a lot of bad things happen when you're under the influence. You know, uh, when I was at Syracuse University, I remember students getting raped and beaten and getting arrested, you know, while they were under the influence of drugs and alcohol. And then they would come to us and somebody would make an accusation and we'd be like, we don't know what to do because everybody was drunk and nobody even remembers what happened. Like, so what are we supposed to do? How we, who are we supposed to go prosecute again? We don't even know what to do. So the faculty, we were confused. Like we didn't know what to do. Right. So, so again, I'm not judging it. It's just really, really kind of a thought that I'm sharing openly, but again, whatever you do, you do you. I just want to make sure you hear another perspective so that you don't think the whole world was telling you that this is cool. Cause I don't think it's all cool. Now with a little weed with Shikari, um, I don't think there's anything to judge there. Um, I was very surprised. Uh, give, in fact, give me a yes or no if you uh, disagree with the suspension. Yes, if you disagree. No, if you think it's okay. Give me a yes if you disagree with the suspension of Shikari Richardson. No, if you think that um, that the suspension was okay. Um, I disagree with the suspension, and let me tell you why. I, I disagree because um, after doing some research, uh, I have found no evidence that marijuana. I was looking for two things when I did my research because, I, you know, when I saw it, I was kind of surprised. I said, wait a minute, why would they suspend her for weed? The weed is not a big deal, you know? Um, and the only thing that two things I thought about, again, because I'm a track and field enthusiast, I'm a big fan of track and field. Um, but the two things that came to mind was I said, okay, is weed either a masking agent that would be used to cover up for some performance enhancing drug? Because sometimes they'll, they'll take stuff in to cover up the, the stuff that they're taking that's that's enhancing their performance, right? So I said, okay, is weed either a masking agent or does it enhance your performance? And there's no evidence of either one. There's no evidence based on what I've read that says that weed either covers up for a performance enhancing drug or it or is is itself a performance enhancing drug, right? Um, and and that's what led me to conclude that the suspension doesn't make sense to me. I I, I think it's just an old archaic rule. Um, you know, and I didn't get it. I, I, so I don't agree with it just in case you want to know what my two cents is on that. Now here's the thing. So I did a survey on my Twitter page my Twitter is Dr. Boyce Watkins one. Uh, that's Dr. Boyce Watkins one. If you want to join the conversations, we have intelligent black conversations. So if you don't like black intelligence, it's not the place for you, but if you're sick of the ignorance on the internet, maybe I'm your guy. So feel free to follow me on Twitter. And I basically asked a real simple question in terms of, you know, whether you agree or disagree with the suspension. Um, 20, about 21% of the audience actually agreed with the suspension, right? Uh, and, and, and that really surprised me. I thought it would be maybe 5%, 2% or whatever. No, it was like 21% of you, 21% of you said that you actually think the suspension makes sense. 
And so I was really curious because that's not what I believe. That's not what I feel based on what I've read. But I think hearing all those perspectives can kind of help. And what I basically got from some of the comments uh, that I read from you is that, you know, some people feel like rules are rules. Right. And that, you know, she knew what the rules were. Uh, she knew what she wasn't supposed to take in and she did it anyway. Right. And uh, and and I can hear that. Right. I can hear that. I don't agree, but I can hear that. Right. So when you're talking about, um, you know, uh, and I agree with you, Akeem says, Dr. Boy, she deserves mercy. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, too. And I don't know how much mercy they give, to be honest with you, if, especially if everybody uh, is following the same rules. Right. If they give her mercy and they say, you know, because I can understand that the, their um, incentive to give her mercy. Right. The incentive is, uh, you know, one, the rule's stupid. Um, number two, Shikari is a star. Shikari is worth millions of dollars to, you know, to uh, whatever network, I guess it's going to be NBC or something, or maybe ESPN. I have no clue, but she's an asset to the Olympics because their goal is to get viewership. Right? remember you guys know I'm the, I'm the money guy, right? I know all about how the economics works. She, when they see her, they see cha-ching because she understands branding. Shikari, um, this is something that people don't talk much about, but I watch people very closely. I analyze everything. I'm probably a little too woke. I'm, I'm like this. I'm always observing every little detail. And I watched her. I remember watching her when she first went pro and she won a race and she was super fast. Her time was really good. And, and she goes up and she does an interview and she says, hello, my name is Shikari Richardson and I'm going to be the greatest sprinter in the history of all. It was something like that, something real Muhammad Ali-ish, right? Where I said, okay, so she's serious. Like she's really embracing this. And she's got the talent to back it up. Like she's not just a great sprinter. She's an extraordinary sprinter. And I, and, and then I would watch how she carried herself after the races, you know, like a lot of the athletes, you know, especially in the Olympic year, that's their big moment. That's their one time to shine. There's so many sprinters that I just think that I admire so much that it, it freaks me out because I'll have 10 times more Twitter followers than them. Right. Like guys like Fred Curley, if you're a sprinting fan, you'll, you'll know Fred Curley is one of the greatest 400 meter runners of all time who actually made the Olympic team in the hundred. Right. Which, and, and, and again, because I'm such a track nerd, I was like, how do you go from the 400 to the hundred and still run a nine, eight, nine, my God, that's insane. Right. And, but Fred Curley, I looked him up on Twitter. The guy has like 10,000 followers. Uh, what was the other one? The brother that won uh, the hundred meter dash, you know, Trayvon Bromel. Fastest human being on the planet. Literally, Trayvon Bromel is the fastest human being on the planet. I follow all these people, right? Trayvon Bromel, I think his Twitter, which is I am Trayvon Bromel, he has 31,000 followers, right? These are superheroes. These are, I mean, you talk about black excellence when it comes to, to sport and sprinting. These people are amazing. And but nobody pays attention. Nobody gives them the, the, the shine that they deserve. They got they got to go to Europe to, to really get. Uh, that fanfare that they deserve based on how extraordinarily talented they are, right? So an Olympic year is a big deal for a track and field athlete. Shikari knows this. Somebody coached Shikari on branding. And I could tell from Shikari's mannerisms after she finished the race what she would do. Like you saw when she ran, she had the long nails and the and the flowing colored hair. And and and, and then she pointed at the at the time at the clock when she ran across and ran a 10, 6, 10 7 something or 10 6 or whatever in the hundred meters, right? And it's I, I said, okay, she's trying to be the next Flojo. That's what she's doing. She's branding herself as a Flojo. It's not just your talent, you're right. Nobody likes an athlete who just wins a race and then just you know, walks up and gives some boring interview. They want the person that has the swag. They want the person that has the energy, the enthusiasm, the the, the story. 
right? And if you also listen to um, Shikari's interviews, she'll be she tells her story a lot. She talks about, well, you know, I've overcome so much, and and, and it makes people relatable. I'm not saying the story's BS. I'm not saying that at all. But 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 all that fits into Olympic branding because that translates into cha-ching dollar bills, right? So so don't think that this Shikari thing is all about a little girl overcoming obstacles and becoming a sprinter. That's part of it. It's also it's also about building a multi-million dollar brand, right? And I'm not mad at her for it. I'm not mad at all. I'm, I'm just talking to you. This is some game for you and, and understand this is an economics lesson. I didn't even plan on this being an economics lesson, but you know, I'm always seeing how the money flows. So Shikari is gonna get uh she's probably in talks with lots of corporations uh to do you know all kinds of endorsements for all kinds of products. And maybe who knows? Maybe she needs to go endorse a CBD product now. Now that she's dealing with this, but the question becomes, in my view, is you know, um, is, is she going to even get a chance to get on the Olympic stage? Um, because that's going to cost her and her team millions and millions of dollars, right? Uh, you've got a few different key stories in the Olympics. Um, and actually, let's before we talk about that, if you could, could you take one second, please? and hit the thumbs up button. Everybody, please hit that thumbs up button. Please also subscribe to this channel. And also my Twitter is uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins one. That's all up there. So follow me on social media. Make sure we connect so we can keep talking. Uh, and also don't forget that this podcast is actually on Spotify. It's the Dr. Boyce Breakdown. So you can go to the drboycebreakdown.com, T-H-E, the drboycebreakdown.com if you want to find it. Uh, so so here's what... Um, uh, here's what with the Olympics, you got a few interesting stories and, and they're, they're always looking for the story. That's what it is. Right. So the stories are um, Allison Felix. Right. Uh, and, and it's it's the story of a mom who overcame the big, you know, the you had the David versus Goliath confrontation with Nike. So she walks away from Nike uh, and she has a baby and she comes back and she makes the Olympic team after having a child and walking away from Nike. And now she's got her own shoe line which is selling out because she was able to make the team and everybody's connecting with the story. Uh, another interesting story in terms of just flat out raw talent is, um, is this rivalry, this amazing rivalry I've been watching between um, Dalila Muhammad and uh, Sydney McLaughlin. Go pay attention to that. So when the Olympics happen, look at the 400 meter hurdles between Dalila Muhammad and Sydney McLaughlin. That is like, that rivalry is like Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, it, it is, I mean, may, maybe even bigger than that. These two women are about the most badass black women you will ever see. Both of them classy, intelligent, um, and, and talent like through the roof. So every time they race, one of them literally will break the world record almost every single time they race. Or, or both of them will break the world record and one will beat the other one as she's breaking the world record. And I, and I follow this because, um, again, not just because I'm a track fan, but uh, Sydney actually uh, was a freshman at the University of Kentucky. That's where I went to undergrad, right? So, so that's gonna, like that's another story, right? So, so, so what happens is that the executives with the media outlet who who are thinking like, okay, what are some ways to get attention on the Olympics? They're gonna also focus on that story, and it's not just because they're both super talented. I think Sydney broke the world record in the 400 hurdles at the, at the trials. Um, but and they're tenacious as hell. Both of them are like in the most intense competitors ever. So you never you don't know who's going to win between the two. But also, I think because they when they interview extremely well, um, they come from like real quality families. And uh, and they're, they're just they're just I don't know when you talk about just those black people that just make you proud. I put them in that category, too. Right. Um, 
and, and, and then also uh, in terms of the Olympics, there's a 17-year-old by the name of Arian Knighton in the 200 meters who's really talented, who's breaking Usain Bolt's records like as a 17-year-old. Uh, that's pretty amazing. Uh, and then lastly, uh, my personal favorite is actually Ronnie Baker, uh, who actually, but it's, I'm biased. I'm completely biased because Ronnie Baker ran on the same high school track team at Ballard High School that I was the captain. I was the captain of the track team a long time ago, and Ronnie was on the track team. <clears throat> so I'd love to bring Ronnie Baker on. So I, if you know Ronnie Baker, tell him he, he's invited to come on my podcast. Uh, because, again, these these people are extraordinarily talented, but they don't get that following, don't get that support. Now, Shikari's kind of blown up because of the controversy and because of the Flojo appeal. But I personally think all these athletes, for what they sacrifice to be at that level, they des- they all deserve our support, you know. And and so in terms of of the uh, you know in terms of the the suspension with Shikari, um, I'm just gonna say that I don't understand where it's coming from. Um, I think that again, if you could show me that weed is used as a masking agent or TH- THC can mask a performance enhancing drug, even though, by the way, I think most of these athletes are, are taking some kind of performance enhancing drug, just so you know, uh, but I'm a skeptic, right? I'm a skeptic. And, and, a, and I think, I think I'm a realist. I believe in track and field to run that fast and to do what they do. I believe that you need to have something. You, you, I don't think human beings can run as fast as they're running right now. I don't believe that. So for example, the time that Trevon Bramell run, ran in the hundred meters, 9.80, 20, 30 years ago, that was considered damn near an impossible time. Like that, I, I think Ben Johnson ran that, and he was pumped up with more steroids than a damn horse. So, so I don't. I think that what's happened is that the the drugs have just gotten different. The process has gotten a little more sophisticated. But um, you know, when they when they come out with this whole revelation, like when Marion Jones, remember when they took down Marion Jones because she was allegedly taking stuff or whatever. I don't look at it the way a lot of naive Americans look at it. They look at it like, oh, you cheated. You're bad. I didn't think Marion Jones was a cheater. I didn't think she was a bad person. I think she just got caught uh, because you can't tell me. I, you know, I don't know if y'all remember back in the day when Flojo was running, she was competing against these East German women and Soviet women that were like dudes. Like they would come in like flexing, like big old muscles. And my, my name is Olga, right? Deep voices, Adam's apples, like as big as a damn rock. And, and they and they would go out there and they would just run these amazing times because they were pretty much becoming dudes. There was actually one athlete that, um, and by the way, I'm doing a stream of consciousness on the Shikari Richardson thing. Just bear with me. I hope you're okay with me, kind of just telling you what comes to mind with this. But, but, uh, but, but um, anyway, there was one athlete that ran, ran for the Soviet bloc, and back when you had the whole Soviet Union, and she took. They fed her so they gave her these steroids every day, and they, but they told her they that they were vitamins, and she would take these vitamins every day. And she took so many of them that she basically ended up with so much testosterone in her system <clears throat> that she pretty much just became a man. Literally, she started becoming attracted to women. Uh, she started doing what men do or whatever. And eventually she just got a sex change. So she went from being, you know, Patricia to Pat or something like that. And and so literally, you know, it's kind of a funny game, right? Um, you know, so I personally think that with this suspension, I was just so surprised because I don't think I've seen athletes get suspended for THC. And uh, and I think also what Shikari's uh, contribution to society will be, which actually affects you, is I think that she's heightened the awareness around um, the legalization of marijuana. Uh, and this is an important conversation because you guys know we talk about investing and things like that. And I think somebody asked me on my Instagram, by the way, I see you guys on my Instagram. They asked me, should we invest in cannabis stocks? Well, I think that this awareness around the legalization of cannabis that Shikari has helped to stimulate with her ordeal is going to um, 
persuade Congress just a little bit more. It'll be like the NCAA thing. We've been working on getting college athletes paid for 25 years. There's, there's an article. I put it on my Instagram. Where I showed you guys. I wrote this article 25 years ago where I explained exactly why athletes should get paid. And I remember at that time, it was seen as this foreign, crazy concept. Like, who would pay athletes? Why would you pay them? And I had to spend a lot of time, and other people did this too, educating people on why people should be paid for their work. Why, you know, the NCAA was racist, why they were stealing from the black community, why the system was oppressive, why it was taken away. It was even denying them the right to get an education because, um, you know, I taught on these different campuses. And I remember that the the athletes that were in my classes couldn't even pass the damn class because you're always at football practice. They they got you practicing two or three times a day. How the hell are you going to have time to study enough to do well in my class? My class was hard. So even students who didn't have to go to football practice twice a day were in the class. So I don't know how in the hell you're supposed to do it when you got a, the, the schedule of a, of a professional athlete in front of you. So years ago, I remember it was just sort of hammering on the issue, hammer, 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 because we knew it didn't make sense, you know? And, uh, and now finally the NCAA has been hit with this lawsuit, this federal lawsuit or this, uh, whatever, this judgment by the Supreme court that basically is going to require them to start paying athletes. In fact, in my home state of Kentucky, the governor just signed some decree stating that athletes can be paid. They can go make their money and you know, however they're going to make it. And which I think is great. And I believe they're doing it because now you have a new race. You have a new, um, uh, almost like a space race kind of thing, or what do they call it? An arms race, an arms race between the universities now in the different states to say, how do we get the best athletes, right? So in Kentucky, they, they're they trying to get the best basketball players, right? That's all, Kentucky's all about basketball. It's like a religion, right? So basically what you can say is you come to our state, we're going to make sure you get paid. You're going to get paid well. Now, mind you, they've been paying the athletes since forever, right? You know, I mean, come on now. Let's be honest. And 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 the interesting thing is that the public was brainwashed to believe that it was unethical to pay the athletes uh, when actually I thought the opposite. Again, I don't take my rules from society. I, I don't believe in that. I, I I take my rules from what makes sense. I take my rules from common sense, from the universe, right? So to me, common sense says, if an athlete is going to bring $20 million into a university because he's working for that school, then that school owes him money. He should be paid, right? So athletes have always gotten paid under under the table on some level. And we treat it a little bit like the way they used to treat it when uh, slaves were taught how to read. There's nothing wrong with teaching a slave how to read, but slaves learning how to read was contrary to the existing system of oppression. So you were undermining white supremacy and undermining white oppression by teaching the slaves how to read. That's why it became illegal. It was it was never immoral. It was only illegal. So the same thing is true with, with paying athletes. Uh, the compensation of college athletes, it undermined the existing system of NCAA oppression, right? It undermined the ability of universities to extract wealth from bl- mostly black athletes without giving their families any form of compensation, right? It, it undermined their ability to... Uh, to to basically use the, these young people up and their families without at having to give anything up in the process. So effectively, the rules were always in place to make sure that the pimp and stay strong. You had to keep the pimp hand strong because the minute you start making the pimp hand weak, then your, your hoes are going to get out of check. That's all it was. It was, it was pimping 101. That's what it was. That's all, it, that's all, it's, all, all it's ever been. So now you finally have um, something in place that makes a little bit more sense. I think marijuana is the same way. And this is going back to Shikari Richardson. I think that Shikari Richardson's contribution, in my view, the contribution to your bank account is that 
those of you who are invested in cannabis stocks, because I told you, I told you my position on cannabis. I believe cannabis is going to be legalized at some point. At some point, there's going to be federal clarity on whether or not cannabis is, is, is okay or not. Um, and, and I believe that when that day happens, all your cannabis stocks are going to shoot up. They're going to go, they're going to go crazy. Right. And so I think Shikari's ordeal and the fact that most Americans uh, believe that Shikari should never have been suspended. They're pissed off because she became kind of an American hero. She's the new Flojo. Right. So you took down our new Flojo. The Olympic, the International Olympic Committee did not not the U.S. Olympic Committee, not USADA. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was the International Olympic Committee. So you took down our you know modern day Flojo over something as stupid as weed. Well, this isn't going to just be something that's anti-IOC, the Olympic Committee. This is also going to be kind of a thing that's kind of like um, anti, I'm not going to say anti-weed, but anti-anti-weed, meaning that that now I think that there's going to be even more momentum to go ahead and say, let's make this official, let's officially make this uh, legal so that we don't have any issues like this in the future, right? Any sort of ridiculous uh, hypocrisy going on. So I, I think that this is going to make money for you. I think this is going to be good. Are they going to reverse their decision? I don't think they will. I don't think they're going to change their decision because I think if you start reversing decisions because of what the public feels, um, it, it creates a w- weird precedent that they're going to have to maintain in the future because they have athletes every year that get caught, you know, using and whenever it happens, they're always like, "Oh, it wasn't my fault. I took a, I took a sleeping pill, or I took some, you know, some cold medicine, or whatever." It's always some bullshit. They always got to find a, some stupid reason why they took the performance enhancing drug. But really, the reality is that a lot of them take the drugs, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I just think it's kind of as long as the stuff's safe. I mean, the argument against steroids 20, 30 years ago was that they were harmful. Like the stuff that Ben Johnson was taking in the eighties could kill you. Um, a lot of people feel like Flojo. I'm not gonna. I mean, we can't take Flojo off the table. A lot of people that really know track and field, you know, really felt Flojo had you know something going on that she, you know. But but the thing is that you know it's it's um now the times are different. Now I don't know if, if even performance enhancing drugs are always that dangerous. But then again, I'm not an athlete. I don't have to make those choices, and that's what it is. So anyway, that's my two cents on it. Um, I think Shikari is super talented. I hope she gets to run. I'm gonna be watching the Olympics, and um, and I, I and I hope they reinstate her. I doubt that they will, but if they do, then just know I'm gonna be extremely happy because I want to see her get out there and get a chance to show her talent. All right, guys. So I'm gonna get on out of here. Do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button, and also don't forget I have um if you're interested in this kind of thing, I actually have a life class uh, that it used to have a fee, but now it's free. It's called Black Keys to Greatness. You can have it totally for free. Uh, just go to blackkeystogreatness.com. That's blackkeystogreatness.com. This is literally, it's not even a financial class. This is where um, I actually put together strategies on being successful in life. I, I felt like, I feel like the culture is so built on uh, weakness and laziness and and la- a lack of persistence that I thought maybe some old school values in terms of what it takes to be successful uh, could benefit pe- people, especially young people or ambitious people. So if you're interested, you can join for free. You can go to blackkeystogreatness.com. And also actually in about a week or so, in that class, I'm actually going to do a book club, and I'm going to start with um with the book. Um, I think I'm going to start with Black Labor, White Wealth by Dr. Claude Anderson, and I'm literally going to uh, read, uh, have us read maybe a chapter, and then I'm going to break that chapter down because I think that uh, all the doctor, all Claude Anderson books need to be understood by every black person that wants to understand these ideas. So if you read books like Black Labor, White Wealth, he explains clearly exactly why. Reparations are old. Um, again, you got people that'll, that'll go that'll break their damn neck trying to persecute Bill Cosby, but 
won't say anything when you say, well, but what about our reparations, right? So they want Cosby to pay reparations to all these, you know, these white women and drug addicts that he was he was sleeping with. Well, what about reparations to black people that actually have real evidence of all the money that was stolen from us? So the study on reparations doesn't need to be done by Congress. It's already been done by people like Dr. Claude Anderson. So Black Labor, White Wealth will be the first book we cover in BlackKeysToGreatness.com. And then we're going to cover uh, the Black History Reader, because I think black folks need to learn real history uh, instead of learning like that, whatever that fake crap is that you learn in school. And then, of course, we're going to cover Poweronomics and also Dirty Little Secrets. So we're just going to go through all his books and meet every Sunday, and I'll break it down for you. It won't cost you anything. So feel free to go to blackkeystogreatness.com and sign up, and uh, I think you'll have, you'll be very happy with what you see. won't cost you a penny. All right, guys, hit the thumbs up button, share button, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Uh, I love you. I hope you guys have a great day, and I will see you soon. Take care. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.